Hey, welcome to The Upload Iceberg, a podcast where we talk about the journey, data, and process of growing a YouTube channel. If the upload is the content you see above the water as a viewer, I'll cover everything you can't see in the murky depths below the surface. My name is Dan Yashua, and we'll follow my self-titled photography channel. I'll publish new episodes after hitting subscriber milestones. And this is episode one, recorded after hitting 2,500 subscribers on March 15th, 2023. And for observant viewers, it is Saturday, August 26th. Quite a lot of time has elapsed between when I hit this milestone and when we're recording this episode. We'll get into all that today as I describe the purpose and goals of the show and some of this content. But to start off, we've got episode one titled Starting a Podcast in 2023 after hitting 2,500 subs. That's the working title. Thumbnail will be something goofy, uh, like this shot right here, maybe looking a little bit crooked. Um, and we're not too worried about the click-through rate on these. So what is this show? I listen to several business podcasts all the time, and they're what I call, or what the, the podcast hosts call, kind of like founder check-in, founder journey podcasts. Um, they're typically business owners in the software as a service space. They're giving business updates week to week, month to month, uh, perhaps with a co-host. Um, let's see, what shows do I listen to like this? Big ones are Bootstrapped Web. That's one that I've been listening to for a long time. Sort of similar in this space is Hackers Incorporated. That's relatively new that I like to listen to. Build Your SaaS, Indie Hackers. The formats all vary slightly, but um, these are the types of things that I like listening to. All that to say, um, I would like to bring sort of that style of show to YouTube and specifically focused on my YouTube journey. How would I, how would I record that show as a podcast if I treated this YouTube channel that you may or may not be familiar with as a business? Because maybe one day it will be. I guess technically is a little bit. Whatever, we'll get into that. I'm gonna be looking through notes. We've got this camera as the main camera. We've got a side camera for emphasis. I don't know how much editing I'll do, but figure it's better to have the feed and cut to it if I want to. And then we've got my YouTube studio opened up in another tab. <laughs> Not sure how I'll present this. I'm gonna be doing a lot of screen looking. Um, so don't get used to the eye contact, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll bounce around. We're just figuring it out. But I do have some notes on this screen and I'll be looking at them heavily. So I haven't yet untethered myself from this highly scripted, highly cut version of YouTube videos. Uh, that doesn't work as well for a podcast. So we're gonna be gradually working away from that while we do this show. Episode one, this will be a little bit different than many of them. What I would like to hit are some of the bigger, broad, and loosely at this point defined goals. Um, for instance, why a podcast? Why now? What do I hope to get out of it? What do I hope you get out of it? Um, and again, why in 2023? And I think this is being published on YouTube. This is my podcast. I think I'll greedily start with the selfish motivations. Then we can get into the value that I hope you can take from the show long term. And then uh, a little bit of a rant into why 2023. <laughs> I don't know whether they hit you with the sips yet. I'll listen to that back. If that's heinous, I'm going to cut that out. All right, so let's start with some of the selfish motivations. And I, <laughs> I first note, practice unscripted delivery, minimal cuts. I'm going to give myself some compassion. I hope you caught the humor there. I'm directly reading from the script as I say that I want to be less scripted in the future. Um, so I'm going to give myself some leeway here first couple episodes and maybe long-term, I'm gonna do some minimal cutting. YouTube videos, the way I make them, wildly differ from how I envision and want to get to a place on this podcast in that I wish to speak extemporaneously here, kind of from some notes, from memory, kind of go off, literally go off script. Um, I'm not gonna be able to jump into that to start off. I'm like very, very reliant on following, for a lot of my videos, word-for-word -word scripts, cutting at each mistake, 
And I think most people, if you don't kind of realize this is a thing, you know, many people creating videos have this really, really ugly, really, really long take, constantly screwing up, constantly cutting. It would be painful to listen back to, um, as I'm well aware, every time I edit my videos. That's step number one, or motivation number one, practice this more unscripted delivery. Motivation number two, if you're watching this on YouTube, you also just noticed maybe a little bit of a cut. Maybe I snuck a little cut in there. Maybe I made a, maybe I made a minuscule error and I'm feeling self-conscious and I did another cut right before we get into the second topic. I don't have anywhere to create content about the content. I wanna make some of that meta content or at least discuss it. And you know, a couple of places that I've dabbled in doing this before or places where other people do this don't really work for me the way that I have my audiences set up now. On Instagram, so let's walk through them. On Instagram, ever since Instagram kind of nerfed the reach of photos only, um, that has really for me become a place to DM friends, reels, like Mimi reels, and a place to maintain um, my feed. Like my photo feed is still important for me, very much from like a memories and you know, visual grid challenge for myself. When I post to Instagram, if I'm posting a reel, it's probably because I made it specifically for YouTube and I'm just posting it there because I have it. And I'm not really trying to grow there at all and haven't for years. So that's kind of how I have Instagram set up. It's not really set up to foster conversations like this or what I want to talk about in the future. Now, threads is interesting. That might become a place to do that in short snippets. Uh, we'll find out. Time will tell. Second on the list, I have Twitter. And since creating this doc, this outline, it's now called X, as you know, um, that's become a hellscape for me. You know, if we hear a lot of this. I don't know if it's true for everybody. People are still ardent supporters and their experience will differ. But for the people that I followed, Everyone's posting less. I have no will to post there. There's no way to monetize really in a real way. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about video and podcasting there, but YouTube is just absolute clear leader in that space. And I think um, if you're trying to experiment with that kind of thing on Twitter X, like go for it, good for you. If you have a big enough following that you can monetize or reach people there, good, great for you. I would strongly discourage like starting and early creators from trying to grow there unless you have a strong community there still or I don't know just you're a big fan for some reason. LinkedIn is interesting. It's kind of something that I've always I'm 30. I think most people my age probably feel like LinkedIn is something that they've always had to maintain but not necessarily have wanted to. I very strongly feel that um my general career has been in data analytics. And so a lot of my LinkedIn content is around connections, people that I know in real life. I've worked at a lot of different companies and have connections with them on LinkedIn and I see their stuff. I haven't actively posted anything around data. And I also haven't posted that much about content media startups. Just kind of my more, I don't know, generally where I lean more, where I would want to post more about LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn's also a little bit behind in that space where I think you can find a lot of good stuff on you know, data, software development. And I think it's picking up pretty rapidly in the content social media space. I think it still lags a little bit behind, at least my feed with my audience, for sure. So it's not ideal for me to post there. And TikTok or short form clips, I don't know if that's a great place to post about this stuff either. I had an account briefly long ago and deleted it. I'll probably clip this show, at least to experiment. I don't know if I'll keep that going, but um, perhaps re-downloading TikTok and playing around with reach there and comparing this to YouTube shorts, comparing this to reels, seeing how clips do across platforms would be insightful, but not sure. Um, so nowhere to talk about the content, about the content. The next piece that I selfishly want to do is experience this on-air role in the podcasting stack. Um, I've done a lot of work in production for other people remotely in all different steps of the process, right? Like prepping for guests. Deep guest research, deep guest research, um, some show notes, some really detailed show notes, timestamps, like all the things, prepping ads, prepping socials, cutting clips, some light audio editing, all the things. I've kind of had a hand 
in all the different types of tasks that you might need to be involved in in running a show, except for being on the mic right here. So I'm gonna give that a shot. I wanna see kind of some of the challenges to that as the, I hate this, talent. Um, another motivation, create the podcast I wanna to listen to. <laughs> like I said, I listen to a lot of these in the business space, can't get enough of them. Would prefer that these might exist for other creators kind of at this stage. I don't know of any or I haven't looked hard enough, uh, but I want to make the show that I would want to listen with all of my interests and how they all intersect into this one space. I hope it's this show and I hope you're interested, but if not, at least I am. And that's what I want to make. And then there are a few motivations that start to get just a little bit nerdy. Um, for one, I was waiting for the YouTube um, podcast experience to grow a little bit. I knew that on YouTube Music, they're launching a whole bunch of features. I know that's included with Premium now. And you know now we have playlists on any given channel that can be designated specifically a podcast. That's what I was waiting for to launch this. Um, and I think before the end of the year, you can also import an existing RSS feed. So they're still beefing this up, I think, but it's pretty exciting and I think it's good for people to know about. And so I wanted to experiment with that, but I wanted the tools to be here natively on YouTube. Um, because, and this is kind of the nerdier part, I want to experience firsthand launching a podcast on an existing channel that may not quite be so aligned with the content that it originally exists. I think there's this concept of treating a YouTube channel like a show, as opposed to like by me launching this on my channel, right? It's kind of like, oh, this is everywhere you come for Dan Yashua, his videos and his podcast. I, I think that's probably not best practice. This should probably be a separate channel because it's a different type of content and a wildly different expectation, whether you're gonna get you know, content that I'm making right now, lens reviews, or an episode talking about lens reviews and the process of making lens reviews and the process of growing a video around lens reviews. Um, they should probably be split, but I want to experiment and get firsthand feedback on like, does that work? And assuming it doesn't work so well, what doesn't work and what's the pivot next? My hunch, and this is one of the things I want to rule out, is that because podcasts are so hard to grow, launching this episode to 3,000 people, even if they're not quite, even if they're not all super interested, could be more beneficial to jump starting this show as opposed to completely starting from scratch. There's also a lot of other benefits. Like this won't, like this episode singularly won't make hardly any money, but technically on this channel, the mechanism for monetization is already there. So when I say no money, it probably will make some pennies in AdSense. Um, so I don't have to do anything different or like license music to another channel or any of these other things. I can just kind of launch natively. And I'm, curi I'm curious to get the feedback. I'm very afraid of it, to be honest, frankly but I'm curious to get it. I'm also curious to see who, who gets this notification. I think broadly, given what I do, and we'll get into that later, I have a lot of people coming to this channel through search. They don't necessarily subscribe. They don't necessarily have to. If they're interested in the types of videos around like Canon RF lenses, for instance, they might keep finding my videos through search, never subscribe, and that's kind of fine with me. I think the people that do subscribe are kind of bought in to me at least, or what I'm trying to do or what they think that I will do in the future. Um, and so, and, and the subset of those people that have notifications on might get turned off when they get a notification for this. I'm hoping that there's, and this has probably been answered online. I'm hoping there's some sort of delineation between, like YouTube is smart enough to figure out Okay, this person signed up for notifications after watching a lens video, as opposed to signing up for notifications after watching this podcast. And I'm hoping that the notification system is smart enough or will grow to be smart enough that, um, you know, if they, if they push out a notification for this episode and somebody does not like it, or they see people not liking that, not engaging, that they'll stop notifying for this particular podcast playlist. Um, that's the goal. That's the hope. Uh, we'll see how that turns out and happy to provide my experience, I wanna get some feedback on that. Um, and then finally, like kind of wrapping all of that up is just to 
Again, get firsthand knowledge tackling the hard problem of growing a podcast. 2023 is a little bit of a weird time. I think there, my hypothesis is that we're going to see a lot of companies that should have like long form audio or video channels out to really engage their audience, whether or not they're in content. A lot of those companies are not investing in that now because it's expensive. You have to hire people to push that out. You have to hire people that know about that to push that out. And then at some point it might click like, oh, this is actually like this type of engagement with our audience is actually something that we need. This is something we should have had for the last five years. Now we're in a scramble. We don't know how to make this type of content. Let's hire somebody, maybe me, to figure out how that works for them. Let's because we can't make that, we need to do it fast now to catch up. How can we acquire real estate on someone else's show? Maybe mine. Um, those types of things are where I want to play around. Like that space is where I want to play. And then, all right. So yeah, it's a long list of selfish motivations. Let's get to some of the things, some of the value propositions. I think as a listener, you can expect or what I would hope you expect when I zoom out and, and look down and say, okay, what does this show look like 10, 20 episodes in? I think looking back, um, what I want this channel to be is a place where I can kind of unapologetically be myself. And that's not something I feel like I can do in my regular videos right now. And not from like a nefarious, not nefariously so. Um, kind of talked about this already. Those are extremely scripted. They're cut. Um, like I spend a lot of time thinking about the concepts and how to deliver them. And I think you're, you might be getting a decent video from an informational perspective. I think you're getting the worst, I think you're getting the worst version of me, which, which feels uncomfortable at times. Um, like it's, it's still obviously a lot of fun to make them and see them grow and try to figure out how YouTube works. But if I could get a little bit better about bringing the more positive parts of me, the more exciting parts of me to those videos, I want to do so. And I think this show helps me do that. And so, that's kind of an indirect value proposition for you if you're coming from the channel. Um, hopefully that makes sense. But typically there's this concept of like, okay, you're seeing someone on YouTube. You're not actually knowing them. You might be getting 10, 20% of them. And I think you're getting the 10 or 20% of the worst, most timid, um, most afraid parts of me in that, you know, cutting, scripting, doing all these things to make sure, to try to ensure or try to learn more about YouTube kind of cuts out like the human, the authentic human. So I want to get away from that, particularly as AI tools and AI content creation becomes more and more of a thing, I think. Um, for all creators who might be a little bit on the fence about like all these AI tools and AI-assisted content, I think, you know, I, I don't know this, but I think shortcut, short term, just lean into the human side and that's going to be the advantage because that's what you can do. And I think to really hammer this home if I'm able to be more authentic, more myself, bring more of the things that I think will do well on camera when I'm comfortable enough to do them, um, it's like the win-win-win, right? I'm having more fun. I'm creating better content. Better content leads to a better product for you, more engagement for you. And the third win is like this becomes a better place for advertisers, sponsors, or for me to pitch my own products. All right, this show is self-sponsored. Thanks for diving into the murky depths with me. I've got 10 coupon codes for some new Lightroom presets. Just dropped one pack, pack of two of gloomy green and gold. Um, you can see the preview here. Got the original photos. Some of these you've seen in recent videos. Um, you know, no, no edits on these except for maybe some slight exposure to fix in camera mistakes and then how just a one-click preset looks on photos like that. Um, obviously, you know, we'll increasingly talk about how to bring these to the next level post-preset, but if this is something that you're interested in, they're on my Gumroad page. I'll link this in the description. And if they aren't all used up by the time you get here, the code FIRSTEPI, F-I-R-S-T-E-P-I, will get you 50% off. And that doesn't necessarily mean better in that like, oh, I can make more from it. It's also better in that the more engaged the audience is here and the more fun I'm having doing it, 
the more power I have to push back on things like sponsorships and partnerships in the future saying like, look, if this is the type of audience you want to reach and you want to be that third person in this relationship between creator and audience, like we have something really strong, really good here. This is how I want to run it. If that works for you, great. If not, you know, this isn't a great fit for us. So get out of here type thing. What else we got on the notes here? Number two, second part of the value proposition for the viewer. I think in aggregate over these episodes, you're going to learn something, hopefully a lot. If you have a small channel or aspire to start one, I think you're going to be learning about all the things that we can see here and kind of the, the analytics, the strategy. You know, I think even just to have when starting out a reference about click-through rate, views, all the sorts of metrics, how your videos get found without search, browse suggested, the whole nine. I think getting more exposure to that from people who are being transparent is helpful or to set real ex realistic expectations about <laughs> like this is my this is my last 28 days and adsense has amounted to 34 bucks and there's been a ton of hours and effort behind that like if you're doing this for money in the beginning it's, it's not going to it's not going to pan out <laughs> like you're not going to be having a good time for a very 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 long time so i think like even, I hope that even showing this number is like A, hopeful to some people and or all people like, okay, this is something that you can monetize if you really like it. Whether that's a hobby or business, like you're gonna have to figure that out. But also, like that's the hopeful side. But also like, hey, if you're saying, if you're running around saying like, I wanna start a YouTube channel thinking that this number is massive, um, like I've, I have some bad news for you. Like there's a lot of, lot of, lot of time and effort that goes into creating this number for the last 28 days, and this number is super small. And so if you're doing it to monetize early, you probably have a bunch of other skills, skills that you will use to start a channel that you could be directly monetizing through freelancing or picking up another job, um, which I think is probably something that people don't spend quite enough time asking themselves. And I think, um, you know, depending on which content you watch about the content, you know, we don't necessarily talk about this as much. So that's something that I hope to provide some insight on. Um, wish I had started this show on day one, but I think this is an interesting time for me, kind of right around 2,500 subscribers is the milestone for this episode. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm a little bit in no man's land. I'm, you know, either I can keep growing this and scaling it and trying to make this more part of, um, you know, how I potentially see myself making money in the future or kind of not scale back, but just really deprioritize the growth part of it, really focus on making what I want to make when I want to make it at the frequency and have it just be more of like a pretty intense hobby that I, you know, pop in and out of. I'm always going to be taking photographs on trips and when I hike and stuff. So kind of, you know, just scaling way back and worrying a lot less about growth and how to reach people. And I think if I do, I would say I'm kind of right now, I am kind of on the wanting to grow and scale side of things, um, particularly as I have a little bit more time. So I think we'll see in real time over the next 10, 20, 40 episodes, how I might navigate partnerships, sponsorships. And, um, you know, you, you'll get to watch me making this kind of choice between one or the other in real time. Why 2023? So this is we're going to get a little bit ranty here, I think. Um, 2023, because partly I'm going through another period of career exploration. I did a couple of videos, I don't even know, 2021 about my freelance journey um, and a couple updates to abysmal viewership. That's expected, like given what I was creating at the time, like I didn't expect these to get viewed, but I was feeling a lot of the same things that I'm um, feeling now and wanting to just express, talk about it, make content around it. Um, so a couple hundred views, that's kind of like, I kind of expect 250 people to click on this first episode, for instance. I don't know if anybody's still here subscriber-wise that listened to those, that appreciated those updates, but that's kind of where I'm getting back to a little in terms of career exploration and the freelance and stuff. Um, I also had, like this is part of the 2023 answer, I had really strong feelings about how I wanted to launch this show. And initially, like, again, wanted to wait for the YouTube specific playlist. I wanted to batch record five of these episodes, right? Like I was really thinking about this around hitting 2,500. 
thought for a couple months at this point now about like, okay, I want to release a batch. If there are people that this episode resonates with, they're going to have a little bit of a, a chunk of content that they can go binge right away. And I think that'll be neat. That's something that I've liked in past shows. Uh, but then I just got really, I think I've been a little bit in my head and really afraid about how existing audience will react and also how bad I'll be for this first episode. Um, and so kind of given all that, I've taken a step back and just reevaluated how I plan to launch. And I think instead of finally recording a full batch of five and like trickling them out one by week until we catch up live with whatever subscriber count we're at now, like 2958, I think this will probably come out right after I edit it. And the idea is kind of want to, kind of just want to learn. I want to get the feedback earlier rather than later. And I just accept kind of the fear of pressing publish on something that's new to the channel and try to learn the best from it um, and change the strategy, uh, potentially depending on that feedback, if, if the feedback that you give me resonates. Um, one of the things that uh, makes me kind of sad is there are probably people on YouTube or on Instagram or threads or in my personal life, like friends, family, colleagues that probably want to create things, but they're pretty fearful. Like they haven't gotten over that hesitation hurdle. We'll call it the hesitation hurdle. I love that. We'll call it the hesitation hurdle. They haven't gotten over it. I've cleared that for YouTube, right? I still get a little nervous uploading a video or if I decide to go down the path and explore a video concept that's a little bit different um, or outside of kind of the typical structure, I still get nervous. But pressing publish on a YouTube video is something I get more excited about than anxious or scared. This is like, th this is me before, the before getting over the hesitation hurdle. <laughs> I haven't pressed upload yet as I'm speaking. And I've put it off for a really long time. And I think if I can do anything to try to say to people like, oh, this is really scary. Like, I see you. I, I see what you're feeling. It's really important. If, like, if you do actually care about starting something, a channel, a podcast, or sharing literally any of your thoughts online on any platform, you, like, you're going to have to own it and do it. So why 2023? 2023, because if I'm starting this now, it might set me up for success years down the line. I think if I could toss out like a 2024 goal, it would be like one person hears this or comes to my channel. And by then sometime next year, they say, they say something like, oh, I realized I was deep in that fearful um, period where I couldn't clear that hesitation hurdle and listening to this or listening to your channel, seeing your channel, it motivated me to finally create that first thing. I think that would be, I don't, I don't often think of myself as having impact or influence on this channel at this size. I very much feel day to day like, oh, I'm just scrambling to figure out what the hell I'm doing. But if I, I think that would be a cool impact if that would happen kind of on that time scale. And I think everyone always asks like how, how they can start a channel or how they can start a podcast. Like what's the process? Or they want some kind of tip. I think deep down they're saying like, how can I do it quickly? Like how can I get to the point of success relatively quickly is what they're really getting after when they ask that. Um, and I think no one likes the answer, right? The answer is pretty straightforward, but it's very scary. I, like the short answer that everyone gives, you just need to start. I think that's good advice and that that is the next step. Like you just have to start. And it's what I'm struggling with now, real time. But I think the more real answer is like, you need to accept that whatever you're going to put out, and there's no way around this. Whatever you're going to put out, even if the idea or concept that you have for a show or content channel or blog is exciting long term, what you're going to put out that first step is probably going to be dog shit. Not probably. It's going to be dog shit. And like that's not even deep enough. If we, if we go through this analogy, it's like you have to present dog shit to the world and kind of stamp it with your likeness and your brand and say like I made that dog shit and then like that's scary enough but then you have the feedback coming in someone's going to come across that piece of content and they're going to say they're going to say uh you know thank you for sharing I don't really I don't really like dog shit get that away from me I don't ever want to see that again 
And you're going to have to say, oh, thank you for the like enthusiastic. Oh, thank you so much for the feedback. Oh, it helps me so much. And <laughs> in fact, that's kind of like best case scenario. Most people are going to be walking down the street. They're going to see your pile of dog shit and just like, and then step around it. You never get any feedback. And so the, the second you get that, like, oh, this is not really me, or you're getting those indicators either from comments, hopefully, or um, the data in YouTube Studio or analytics somewhere, you're going to be like furiously Googling, like, oh, how do I polish this turd? How do I turn this dog shit into something less terrible? And, um, you know, you'll start, coming, you'll start coming across people like me who have literally just gotten to the point of having their turd polished for the first time, just enough to feel a little bit proud of giving you tips. Um, but you have to do this over and over and over and over. Um, and it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And I think that's why it's scary. Um, if you truly want to start, the true start is just owning like, okay, this is, this first step is going to be pretty heinous. Um, you, you, there's some form of acceptance there and then there's still flinging it out into the world. And then again, eagerly, you know, producing, you know, f producing enough to get feedback and then tr triaging that feedback. What, what's actually helpful, what's not, um, using that to improve what you're making and to continue until you pivot into something more successful until you realize you don't like what you're trying to do or until you just kind of quit. That's kind of the path that I'm starting in 2023 because um, I'm very much at square one for a podcast. That's where I am. Starting in 2023 is better than starting in 2022. Um, and I think if that doesn't resonate, maybe another way to think about this, it's like I have this, this note written down. You can think about this from monetary reasons alone. If you hope to monetize content that you're putting out at any point, like long-term, short-term, Imagine trying, so imagine doing what I did. So two, two, you have to send a cold email asking for a sponsorship. And you can send two emails. The first email you can send is when you haven't started any of these first five episodes I was going to start because you were fearful. And the email to a potential sponsor goes something like this. Hey, I've been thinking about starting a podcast and I haven't started it yet. And you know, this is sort of a small audience I have that's somewhat related, but not totally. And I really don't expect most of them to listen to it. But here are the, the first five episode topics. You know, I think they might be this long. How do you feel about opening your wallet and giving me some money, putting some money behind this bad boy, this idea? Like, that's not a good cold email. Shoot your shot if you want to, if you want to try that. A better email is if I had hemmed and hawed less about these first five episodes and I wanted to reach out to sponsors, a better strategy would be, hey, these are my first five episodes. These are the unlisted YouTube links already to them. It's gonna go out to my audience. You've got a chance of getting in. If you like these episodes, um, you know, this is, a, this is a nominal rate because I don't know who's gonna listen to this, but I wanna put some money behind it for some seriousness or to help with production, so forth, so on. Um, does that sound okay? If so, Let's have a call after five episodes, reevaluate if this is something that you want to do long-term. And if so, I'll give you priority to sponsor the next block of five. Like that's a much more compelling cold email. Still probably a very long shot if you're just starting something and don't have hard listener numbers and you don't quite know your listener base and who they are, uh, but it's a lot, lot better. And I think luckily for me, if I keep spending <laughs> a lot of time on these dog shit analogies, I don't have to worry about finding sponsors and we can just keep self-sponsoring. Uh, but that kind of, that's the bulk of what I wanted to say for value prop for me, you, and why now. And I think, I don't know, I have a lot more notes written down, but we'll try to try to speed these up a little bit as we wrap up, as we kind of wrap up, head toward an hour here. Um, if you're new to my channel, I can't imagine you're not coming outside of the channel at this point, but what I'm trying to do is make um, camera reviews, but more specifically lenses for Canon's new mirrorless mount, RF lens reviews, if you're not familiar. And I want to take the approach of longitudinal reviews, like reviewing a piece of equipment that I already have over time and in the context and contextual reviews. So in the context of the other gear that I own, 
um, basically like how I'm thinking about my camera bag, my kit over time and how I'm like slowly refining or exploring other gear. So for example, like how does this 85, how does this fast 85 millimeter lens fit into my bag? What motivated me to get this? How is it working for me in six months, 12 months, two years? And so like that's not super different from some of the reviews that you'll see people come out with, right? The biggest reviewers get things ahead of time pre-launch. Their first video is like a first look that comes out on launch day after embargo. Typically they state that it's not a review because they haven't had enough time to really go deep. Then they come out with a review then they might come out six months later. Then it's pretty much they typically forget about it. I want to focus my conversations on my channel much more around like, these are my core four lenses. This is how I use them to, you know, pack for a trip. This is how I attack a landscape trip. This is what I would bring if I want to shoot the Milky Way. If I'm traveling to a new city, I can't really bring this zoom and this zoom. So I mix in this prime. Things like that is kind of how I want to focus the conversation. It's not overly technical. That's not typically what I want to do. They're not typically long. I've kind of got like five to 10 minute videos at this point. Um, some of, yeah, some of the better ones are kind of closer to 10 minutes. I think YouTube likes that sweet spot if you can kind of keep viewers throughout most of that time period. But I have a couple that are only five minutes long and they're, they're kind of snappy and move at a good clip um, and a lot at seven as well. So nothing super long, not, nothing like those 20 minute or 30 minute reviews that you're seeing from other people. And then on my channel, I also don't have a specialty, um, which is probably bad for attracting subscribers. Um, but potentially good in talking about things, talking about lenses, talking about gear in a way that applies to several different types of people if they're more casual or if they're shopping around. Or I think for people who are interested in hearing kind of this longitudinal contextual review, they might appreciate seeing me shoot a lens in street, in landscape, in astro, as opposed to, um, you know, just in one, squarely in one, domain. And I think, you know, I like traveling and hiking. That's where I take a lot of my pictures. And so I think if you could narrow down any focus, you can maybe call it that, but you can't really call it landscape because I don't do a lot of like the technical landscape shooting that would enable great landscape photos, at least not yet. Um, I do a little bit of paid freelance photography, but not that much. Most of my freelance now and in the past has been um, for podcast production. And I think the other thing that I would say about my channel is and something like kind of a question that I'd like to really get to the bottom of on, on this show here, this podcast is, do I think of myself as a photographer, a videographer, a YouTuber, or potentially even a podcaster? And I think that's really complicated and kind of contentious in my mind right now so far. Um, it's definitely not videographer, which maybe goes against how you think of YouTube and the photo video space. Um, video is like the tool that I'm using to distribute my photography to a wider reach than I can get on Instagram is kind of how I've thought about it. And I package them like a YouTuber in that I want those videos of my photos packaged like a review because I know people watch reviews on YouTube about lenses. So it's interesting. And then podcasting comes in or, or potentially it doesn't long-term, we'll find out. Um, it's, it's quite possible that I view myself more as podcaster because I like to talk about the process of the content and I just so happen to shoot photos and YouTube is the way I grow that um, you know, business. So real time, I'm filming on the R8 and I've got the temperature indicator getting pretty warm. It's probably 75 degrees in here, no fan. And it is getting warm, so we're gonna try to wrap up-ish. But kind of the upload schedule that I envision for the rest of this podcast is interesting. Like that's part of, I'm trying to make this premise a little bit interesting in that we check in at my milestones. Um, and for now, in this period of growth, every 100 subscribers, I'd like to release a new episode. And it's not gonna continue like that forever, but between 2,500 and 5,000 subscribers, I'd like to produce an episode every 100 subscribers for a total of 25. Um, between five and 10,000, you know, every 250 subscribers for a total of 20 episodes. 
between 10 and 25,000 if I ever make it there, every 500 subscribers for 30 episodes, and so on and so forth, if I were to ever keep growing that big. Um, so kind of a finite number, but regular check-ins depending on the size. And I think one of my gripes with other content creator podcasts is that the podcast for a lot of creators in this space quickly becomes like second second product to the YouTube channel, which is understandable, but as a podcast listener, like an avid one, a schedule is pretty important. Um, what I'm doing here with this concept is like, yeah, this will come out at a set time, but it's based on subscribers and not a day of the week or a day of the month. And so I'm kind of breaking that number one rule that I have in terms of a podcast listener myself that I want something coming out scheduled. Um, so this may change, but I think part of the goal with this upload frequency, this upload schedule, this premise is that it keeps this show a smaller lift for me. One thing that's, I think, pretty upsetting is when you, you find a good show that you like and it just disappears or like really gets deprioritized for that host or co-host. Um, and so I'd love to not do that if people are here and enjoying it. If I'm enjoying it, I don't want to have it become a burden. So I think keeping to a schedule like this will be helpful in the long run. And I think we'll have some typical segments um, to go through some of the data. So I think pulling up kind of at this scale, at this timeline of episodes, pulling up analytics for the last 28 days will be interesting. So if we see here, this is the period from February 16th to March 15th when I would have hit 2,500. Um, we can see like 17,000 views, 681 watch time, 58 subs, 33 bucks is from that period of time. No long form video created in this time. I have a short on the Canon R6 battery grip that came out, a big spike. A lot of people watch that. I think we're gonna get to, I'm gonna cover episode, in episode two, 2,600 subscribers, I'll cover YouTube shorts. How I think about short form and, and specifically that short and what I've learned because I think um, you know a lot of subs came in from that that really propelled me to 2,600. So I think that's a, that's a fitting topic and something that I would like to cover and explore more. Um, so we'll spend more time on that. But if we flip to the current 28-day period, you can see you know more views now. I'm not even, after just describing that I'll release these episodes at subscriber milestones, I'd say that I'm not like super worried about subscribers. It's, it's a metric on YouTube that has a lot less importance than it used to. Um, it probably still matters optically to advertisers and partnerships and even viewers for authority. But, you know, really, I think you want to be kind of focusing on views. And if I don't have strong goals, metric based goals for YouTube, again, it's kind of something that I'm still doing on the side. And you know, I don't want to let these metrics rule my life or my mood or anything like that as, as best as I can help it. To see 28,000 views in this period would be cool. Like kind of the next milestone that I feel like I'm reaching for is not a subscriber milestone after hitting 2,500, like 10,000 is pretty far away away. I would like to see me get to a point where I could produce enough and enough compelling content to get to 28,000 views in a 28 day period, a thousand, like average a thousand views a day. That would be fun, I think. So that's kind of what I'm sort of striving for now. Yeah, we can, I mean, we can probably hit videos posted as a section. Um, like if we go back to, back to that time period, we had this short, I think this is the first short I posted. We'll cover, again, we'll cover that next episode. But kind of preceding this 2,500 milestone, I had made a MacBook review for Lightroom and how it was working in Adobe CC. Um, I'd like to dive deeper into that because I want to make a follow-up toward the end of the year for this. Um, and then after that milestone, I did a couple, couple shorts and then spent a couple months, I guess, prepping this 28 millimeter video. Like you can see, the frequency is not that high around this time. And we can get into all that. This is a video that I really liked making. I think it's a good conversation around 20 millimeters and all the Canon options available, but you know, kind of bombed. Um, so a little bit. Frustrating, not even frustrating. Um, you know, I'd encourage you early on to tie, you know, some sort of intrinsic success to the uploads that you're making and not necessarily viewers. Everyone wants their videos to get viewed, but oftentimes you're gonna have ones that bomb. You can learn a lot from this video, but regardless, 
even though it's not really getting picked up, I think it's a good conversation in one of my better videos. That's where I think you see the disconnect. It's extremely possible to make a good video that is not good for YouTube. And it's like, at my size, this probably fits that description at this point. I, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna say it's good. I think it's good. If you like 28 millimeters, you might like listening to it. It's possible to make a video that you like that doesn't do well on YouTube, I'll at least say that. And then another section that I, that I think we'll do, and this gets a little bit wonky as we kind of do these, as I do this backfill up to the 2,900 subscriber milestone is kind of talk through what videos I'm working on at the time, what's in process and things that I'm trying from a strategy perspective. Again, at the time, this would have been things like the 28 millimeter review. I would have had more to say on the 70 to 200 long-term thoughts video. So this two-year review. We'll hit those a lot more. Like that's something that I think will take up a lot more time episode to episode. And then I'm more excited to talk about episode to episode. Maybe videos upcoming. So like here I have on this note list from all the way back in March, like using the iPhone as a 24 millimeter prime. Well, I still haven't gotten to that. Using the best iPhone 14 Pro accessories, still haven't gotten to things like that. Um, but increasingly in these episodes, that will be a focus. And then uh, the last note I had here, second to last note actually, it's just like, I want to slowly start redefining my style in 2023 throughout the rest of the year and try to, again, like all the concepts that we talked about here, I wanna be a little bit more authentic. I want to like even further de-emphasize the technical aspect of any given lens and the focus on like some of those characteristics and really, really hit home on the usability and make a video that's exciting and fun to watch. You know, to get to get there, there's a lot of thinking and brainstorming and planning, just kind of sitting with those thoughts and strategies. And I think the 28 millimeter, RF 28 millimeter, the Canon native lens that I just put out is the closest try to that so far. And it's doing really well. You know, I think I'm trying not to read into the success too much, um, but it's it's got a good thumbnail, at least for me. Um, it's got pretty good engagement, at least for me, um, particularly relative to other videos, at least in the start. And I just think, you know, got a lot of positive feedback um, qualitatively on it. So, you know, I'll count this as a win, um, but we'll see if I can replicate this and kind of keep going further down this path. If you haven't watched it, it'll probably be a easier way to get an idea of what I'm talking about, and how it differs from the other ones. But um, you know, again, hoping that this type of video is just more engaging, more fun to watch, yet still delivers some of the things you've come to expect from a lens review from other people and from even me in the past. All right, this camera is starting to get around 56 minutes. This temperature reading is starting to get a little bit hot, so I'm getting nervous. Um, let's end with a couple upcoming episodes. So episode two, 2600 subscriber milestone. We're going to look at YouTube shorts, short form, the battery grip for the R6, and some of the shorts strategy fails that I've had since then. Episode three, 2700 subscribers, we will look at the RF 28 millimeter. I think that's around the time that I picked it up. It's a big thank you episode. That one I'm super excited for because I think we want to talk about AdSense affiliate revenue. That's how I purchased that lens, strictly with affiliate and AdSense based on the channel. So um, if you've ever watched any video prior to this, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Really, like at this level of creator, it really directly can help um, produce more content. Like I'm, I'm not living off that AdSense, obviously, um, but I can use it to buy more affordable gear and directly review it and use it and put it up against the other things I own. It's really cool. Um, thank you. We'll get into that there. And... Uh, Episode four, recreating success of popular videos prior. You know, I think we'll look at a couple different examples of that, but specifically the 70 to 200 review, the long-term review, and probably some of the 24 to 105 reviews that I've done in the past. Episode five, we'll look at freelance YouTube podcasting, kind of an update on the journey. Probably check in on a lot of the same topics we covered today. And then if we are so privileged to make it to 3,000 subscribers, and see kind of how we tracked to that in the last 90 days, last year maybe. Pretty linearly. 
if I don't scare too many of you away with this episode, might hit that sometime in September. I think in that episode, I'd love to focus on photo editing, Lightroom presets, how I use and think of presets and really the next step and using masking to bring photos to the next level and Photoshop, kind of my general approach to editing and how I feel about my style or lack thereof so far. I think I was really self-conscious to jump into like Lightroom tutorials before this point. It's taken me, I don't know, five years maybe since I've had a camera, five, six years to finally feel like, okay, like a little bit of confidence in my editing style. I think when you're just starting out, you're kind of like, no matter who else you look at in the photography space, you're saying, oh, like, wow, how do they edit that? How do they edit that? I think I'm finally to the point where for some of the people that I look up to and follow, like, like still, how do they do that? But like, oh, that's a really cool edit. Or I feel like I can start to see what they might've done there. Let me try that on my photos. So, you know, all that to say, I kind of feel like in the middle, maybe of the, of the skill stack in terms of how I edit. Um, and for me, I think I needed to get to that point to be able to maybe dole out some, some knowledge and tutorials or something like that. Um, but I still, everything I edit, I basically look at and hate a couple weeks after. So that means I'm still growing at a good clip, which is good, but still hard to get to that point of feeling like I want to put out a tutorial. So I think that's all I got. Uh, please comment. I try to read all of them on the channel and respond sort of like an inbox. I think specifically the thing I want to know is if this episode resonated, like if you made it all the way here too, let me know if you want this in audio only format. That's not something like, again, kind of going back to like, let's start this project up leanly in a lean fashion. I didn't want to spend any time setting that up in audio only delivery until I had somebody asking for it. If that's you. If you need this on your podcast player in the traditional sense, uh, I will jump on that and get that rocking. I just didn't want to do it before demand existed. Um, and I'd say if you really, really like this episode, please share it with a friend. I think that's the best way to grow a podcast still is probably word of mouth. Uh, that's all I got. Later.